Thank you for listening to this talk produced by the Art Gallery of South Australia. Hello, my name is Tracy Locke and I'm the Curator of Australian Art at the Art Gallery of South Australia. Thank you so much for joining me here in Gallery 5, a, a beautiful majestic space here at the Art Gallery of South Australia for this podcast. I'm delighted to share with you one of our exciting new additions to the collection. It is a large painting, it's about 1.2 metres by 1.2 metres in size and it's a painting by a very famous artist called Sidney Nolan and it's titled Antarctica and it's dated 1964 and it appears very expressive and um, has been painted in a very much a, a rapid manner. In this podcast I'm going to discuss Sidney Nolan and the major themes in his work, his painting techniques, and also delve into detail about our new acquisition, Antarctica. Sidney Nolan is one of the best-known artists in modern Australian art, and you might say he's a, a household name. He was one of only a handful of Australian artists, really, to establish an international career. And yet... Even today, he remains somewhat of an enigma. A friend of his in New York, who was a New York cartoonist, said about Sidney Nolan, and, and I quote him, he said, Every word that Sidney says is camouflage. Everything he says goes off on a trail away from what he really believes, thinks, intends to do, has done in the past. He is like the bird dragging a wing, leading the hunter away from its nest and young. And so I think this gives us a really intriguing insight into the character of Sidney Nolan. And perhaps knowing his elusiveness, we can be assured that despite how hard we try, we can never really be clear about his conceptual intentions. However, the sheer force of his paintings remains unquestioned and his works have certainly struck a chord with audiences around the world. He is most famous for his painted depictions of heroic and tragic figures from Australian art history such as the bushranger Ned Kelly and the tragic explorers Burke and Wills. In these works, he used the Australian landscape as a background setting for his excursions into the human condition. In this way, he was not really interested in the natural landscape as such, but in the human landscape. It was this human emotional landscape that really drove Sidney Nolan's imagination. Indeed, Sidney Nolan himself once announced that he was interested in creating work, and I quote, as long as it's got some emotional kick. And we certainly have that emotional kick when we look at this new acquisition, Antarctica. When we look at this scene of, of mountains and stirring foreground of waters, in this painting we come to realise that his impulse to search the human realm was more personal 
than universal and arguably his search for an escape route from his own inner reality, his own inner self, was his artistic journey. He really was preoccupied with a kind of quest of self-discovery. And I'll allude to exactly how we can see that personal quality in Antarctica in, a, in another few minutes. As I mentioned at the beginning, few Australian artists have successfully established international careers. In the 1950s, Sidney Nolan's paintings were acquired by the Tate Britain in London and the Tate Modern and the Museum of Modern Art in New York. And some of his greatest patrons uh, were people, very high profile people like Patrick White, uh, the, the famous author, and of course, Lord McAlpine. The reason he actually, well, there were many reasons why he, he achieved an international career, but one of the, the key factors that came into play in his early life in the 1940s was that Sidney Nolan's works were seen on display in Sydney, and they were seen by Kenneth Clark when he was visiting Professor from Oxford. And when Kenneth Clark first saw Sidney Nolan's works on display at the Art Gallery of New South Wales, he was very moved by them. And this was around 1949, and really from that time, Kenneth Clark really championed the work of Sidney Nolan, certainly in Britain. And increasingly, Nolan's profile um, was raised around the world. And of course, many of you will know the name Sir Kenneth Clark. He was one of the most influential figures in British art. He became the director of the National Gallery in London. And in fact, Nolan eventually moved from Australia to live permanently in England in 1953. And certainly by, the, by 1967, at the young age of 50, Sidney Nolan had been the subject of two monographs and also a major retrospective. So it was a very rapid career trajectory for Sidney Nolan. In a way, this success was somewhat unexpected as he was, as some may say, he was sort of born on the wrong side of the tracks. He was actually born in 1917 in Carlton, Melbourne, and he lived in Packington Street in St Kilda uh, for most of his childhood. And his father was, was a tram driver and also an SP bookmaker, um, and so obviously quite a character. And in fact, Nolan himself you know, was interested in studying art, but he attended classes at the National Gallery of Victoria, but he never completed them. He spent more time um, going across in, and sitting in the library and doing a lot of reading. And in fact, he weighed up at one point um, whether to become a poet or whether to become a painter. He was a great lover of literature and eventually he chose to, to become an artist because he said he liked painting and it was a natural way for him of being silent with himself and having this kind of, as he said, silent conversation. He regarded art in the end uh, as a way to make contact with another world. And Nolan said, and I quote Sidney Nolan, he said, art was always to me a means of getting in touch with another world. You could never see that other world, he said, and you were never told about it. But art seemed to be always trying to touch it.
And so Nolan was a, we, we get a sense here of how restless Nolan was as an individual. And those that knew him certainly regarded him as having an insatiable sense of curiosity about the world. He was known for having a quicksilver mind and he was also capricious and, as we know, kind of secretive. But he was, he was in t in constantly restless and he was always yearning to be elsewhere, both physically and conceptually. He travelled the world constantly and was always in search of new experiences. And in 1964, he was quick to accept an opportunity to visit Antarctica. And certainly from childhood, Nolan had a fascination with the heroic, pioneering, early 20th century Antarctic exploring expeditions of Robert Scott, Ernest Shackleton, and the Adelaide geologist Douglas Mawson. Edmund Hillary's successful epic overland crossing from 1955 to 1958 further ignited an ambition to travel to Antarctica. And in January 1964, an opportunity arose for Nolan to undertake an eight-day visit. The brief experience was profound. And Nolan recalled, and here I quote the artist himself, he said, I had this cliché idea of Antarctica being flat, an enormous paddock across which dogs would run and explorers would battle. But I found a majestic kind of great continent, very much higher than Switzerland, and glaciers the size of Sydney Harbour coming down at steep angles. And the fearful nature of the continent, which one had imagined, didn't come across as fear. One felt this instantaneous fear at the first sight of it, that it would annihilate one. But this was overcome straight away by the sense of wonder in it. You knew it was so remote, so big, and in a way so beautiful that this swept over any fear that you had. And there was a kind of feeling at the back of my mind that if someone had to die there, in a way it wouldn't be so bad. It represented to me a reality stronger than oneself. In a paradoxical kind of way, one felt safe. And so I think when we look at this new acquisition, this painting of Antarctica, we get a, a sense of his comfortableness within this rugged landscape. When Nolan returned from Antarctica to London, and of course we must remember Nolan was a studio painter, so he wasn't like, uh, you know, impressionist painters who worked outdoors, standing at an easel. He worked very much in his studio and he worked very quickly. And when he returned from Antarctica to, to London, he expressed in paint his emotional responses over an extensive, creatively productive period from April 1964 to late September, referring to his voyage sketches and documentary photographs, he completed a successive number of 68 works that have become known as his Antarctica series. This inclination towards sequencing created a sense of kinetic expectation in his work, more aligned with a kind of cinematic process than painting. 
And here he exchanges his famous brown earth desert background settings for that of fields of crystalline ice. And according to detailed inscriptions, this newly acquired um, view of Antarctica was completed in his London studio on the 30th of August, 1964. And, it, and although it shows a typical sort of pictorial ambiguity, it is most likely a view looking toward the mainland and the trans-Antarctic mountains that stretch down to the Ross Sea. It was painted, interestingly, on the same day as seven other works. And all of the seven other works are exactly the same size. He had many, many pieces of masonite cut up to all the same size, 1.2 metres by 1.2 metres. And as I mentioned earlier, he worked very quickly. So on this 30th of August, he painted eight works in total. Now, one of those other works painted on the same day as the Art Gallery of South Australia's was acquired by the Tate Modern Gallery in London. So we have a kind of sister work, if you like, uh, sitting in, in London. But Antarctica really shows Nolan working at the height of his virtuosic painterly powers, and it features startling surface effects. It demonstrates Nolan's use at the time of a new fast-drying gel medium that allowed him to paint wet on wet with an unprecedented intensity and speed. And through the use of this gel material, brushes and his own hands, he achieved a kind of thick impasto surface and almost Turner-like expressive and luminous surface effects. And it's here that we see him literally using his hands to reach for this other space of which he refers, this other realm. When you look in the sky of this painting, you can see distinctive finger marks from the artist. He's left marks and impressions of his fingers in the painted surface. So while interested in expressing the extreme qualities of the Arctic continent, he found them terrifying and strange and majestic and a comfort, but also in a way he uses the paint here in this safe place to kind of reach through to another space, another world. So he, he kind of immerses himself into it. Um, and uses it as a kind of agency, if you like, the paint and the subject itself as an agency of kind of escape. So it's a very dazzling, exciting picture. Painting in this rapid manner, he also achieved unusual striped colour combinations that allude to the crystalline frozen effect of water. The compressed energy of the frenetic marks and startling surface qualities have an affinity with the anxiety of a world literally on thin ice. Vast, extreme and otherworldly, the fragile Antarctic environment captured in this work resonates today, really, with, with the world's heightened awareness of climate change. But Antarctica for us is important because it expands on Nolan's well-known nationalist themes and points to this inner search of self-discovery. But it also points to a modernist landscape tradition that speaks 
of bigger concerns and concerns that really reach beyond our own political borders here in Australia. Australian art's exploration of elsewhere places that are beyond our shores, and particularly Antarctica, are of increasing relevance to the bigger story of Australian art, and particularly to us here at the Art Gallery of South Australia. In this work, Sidney Nolan also alludes to a subsequent metaphorical drift away from referencing the landscape of his birth. Based in London from 1953, he increasingly showed a spatial fluidity and a difficulty with identifying with any one place. Nolan would later remark in a letter to his daughter back in Australia from London, Nolan said, My mind must float, I think, somewhere between above the Pacific Ocean, halfway between Australia and England. And again, so we're hard at work here at the Art Gallery to demonstrate through magnificent works like Antarctica that Australian art need not be limited to its nation's coastal borders, but show that, it is far, that Australian art is vast and fluid and oceanic, like the internal lives of its creators, just like the forever shifting and enigmatic Sidney Nolan. We're so pleased that Antarctica is now on display in Gallery 5 and this has only been made possible through the generous support of the Gwinnett family and also Helen Bowden, Ross Adler, the Honourable Justice Mark Livesey, Peggy Barker, Elspeth Doman, Tom Pearce, Lady Potter, Dick Whitington and David and Jennifer Hallett through the Art Gallery of South Australia Foundation, Sydney Nolan Appeal. And to these people, we remain grateful and indebted. And now I would like to thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoy viewing Antarctica at the Art Gallery soon.